This week we'll be talking about Amy Hang's new Marvel game at the next D23, new Tales of the Borderlands coming this fall, Nintendo apparently being cool with sexual harassment, shame on you Nintendo, Death Stranding coming to Game Pass PC sooner than you think, PlayStation could allow you to link your PSN to your PC games, Embrace your group embracing everything, game impressions for Rumbleverse, Court of the Lamb, Spider-Man Remastered, and more on Season 6, Episode 32 of Press X to Start Podcast. What's up, everyone? I'm your host, DJ, a.k.a. Sexy Bad Choices. A.k.a. It's okay to kill your friends. A.K.A. I got powerbomb off of a fucking skyscraper in Rumbleverse. Craziness. I agree with that statement DJ made. (laughs) (laughs) Who else is here? It's your boy, Jordan, a.k.a. JXBot, a.k.a. Jordan Powerwashing LLC. For all your powerwashing needs. Man got a strong arm. Uh, well, I'm not. All right, dude. Look, <laughs> look at power washing and stop being weird. Jesus. <laughs> Ooh, me weird? Who else is here? Avery, I can out weird you. I'm not going to. This is a family friendly podcast. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, that is who we are. Um, now you know that. Press X Star Podcast is a weekly show where we talk about the latest gaming news, review the biggest games, and give you our thoughts on the games we are playing. Our goal is to expand the video game media landscape through an underserved point of view. Normally, we jump into the quick hits, but before we do that, we have an announcement slash pat on our backs because right now, right now, right this second, our last quick hit video on YouTube is almost at a thousand views. Oh. It's almost at a thousand views. This you might be wondering, a thousand views, ha, huh, huh, that's nothing. I see YouTube videos all the time that has 200k views, 300k views, 50k views. What, what's a thousand? A thousand is nothing. A thousand is everything to us. A thousand is everything to us. Okay. So if you haven't watched that quick hits, just jump onto our channel, subscribe, like the the video, and then just watch it. Just watch it. That's all you got to do. Get us to a thousand. We're almost there. We're almost there. All right. Um, with that being said, and us being just so cool, now let us jump into the quick hits. Avery, <laughs> what's happening? Uh, so our first story is sort of a mini announcement. Uh, this is going to be coming from BGC from Jordan Midler. Disney has announced a Disney and Marvel game showcase, which is set to take place in September and will feature the first look at Amy Hennig's Marvel game. Now, a couple things going into this, that this is going to be at D23, uh, and then this is a Disney and Marvel showcase. So it's not a Marvel showcase. It is a Disney and Marvel showcase. And if you just think about the vast library that Disney has under their umbrella in terms of things they want to make and what not to make, this showcase can cover a lot of things that being said uh, the only confirmed thing is that we will at least get a first look at what amy henning is working on and it is specifically a marvel game yeah okay i think it's really disney's bag to lose i guess because i i feel like amy henning has had a lot of l's since she's left um like weird l's since she's left uh naughty dog 
And it's like, can we can we just get her to make a game that actually gets put on the shelf for us to buy? Because like I'm actually kind of down. I'm like, I'm I'm down for that game. So them showing this, I'm really hoping it's not going to be a teaser trailer. I'm hoping that there's gonna be some substance in this trailer and that I mean, you're essentially get, what do you think? You're gonna get a CG trailer. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure it's gonna be a CG trailer, but I just I just want it to be like a you know, like maybe like a two minute CG trailer versus like a ten second or fifteen second CG trailer. I I don't know. Okay, so it's uh, Friday, September 9th at 1 p.m. I'm guessing it's going to be anywhere between an hour to 30 minutes. I'm betting it's going to be on a 30 minutes uh, situation in that case. For the whole showcase? Yeah. I think, like, so when this was announced, there was a lot of conjecture, especially in our own own channels about, like, what this could be. Uh, and, And it was one of those things where, like, this will not be the, like, get hyped moment kind of thing right i think them coming out and saying hey amy thing is going to be here is them at least getting people like excited for it Mm -hmm. but not but like i think i'm sorry i'm my my train of thought is we're recording this in a completely different time period and so i'm at a completely different mindset than what i normally am (laughs) which isn't which isn't i hey i just woke up this is hey i should probably go to bed soon kind of situation (laughs) so working with a different brain right now uh and i'm also working with the whole let avery don't just put out all your immediate thoughts when you say something maybe think about what you're going to say Mm. so i'm working on that but what i was going to say is disney puts out a lot of mobile games a lot of mobile games that we know of going on right now so i'm getting yeah yeah so I'm betting a lot of this is going to be focused on their uh, mobile games. So, but beyond that, there is the Star Wars Jedi Survivor, which is coming out early next year, uh, that we haven't seen anything from. And D23 is probably where they would show it off in terms of situation. So like maybe it'd be there. Uh, yeah. This is something I also super doubt is that uh, Microsoft is making an Indiana Jones game with machine games. This is where it could possibly show up. I doubt it. Uh, is Indiana uh, Jones Disney? Yeah, it's part of Lucasfilms, so Disney owns it. Uh, oh, okay. Wow, there, I did not even think about there that. There is probably going to be Midnight Suns content here. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. Marvel's Avengers. It depends on what's the status of that game. Uh, yeah. Fun fact, they announced That's... Winter Soldier is going to be in the game, surprisingly. So right. That game is still going on, and they still have plans to put more MCU skins in it. So I'm happy, I guess. Uh, <laughs> and then, what else? what else do I know off the top of the head that they're working on? That could possibly be here. Oh, yeah. Uh, Marvel owns the rights to Fox. So they own all the Alien vs. Predator games and all that stuff. So there, there might be another showing of that Alien vs. Predator game that got shown off at Summer Games Fest. What about the uh, the rumor of the the EA game that Marvel's making? Or the Marvel game that EA's making? The Black Panther game? Oh, wow. I definitely like took the Black Panther game and that rumor and like split them apart. Okay. Hey. In a world of CG trailers, anything is possible. But like that yeah, game yeah, that literally yeah. is like in its early stages. Yeah, yeah, you're right. We'll probably see it next year. Even the links about it told us nothing about it, so I doubt we would see anything there. That's a good point. Yeah, Jordan, what's your what's your thoughts on this? Uh, Marvel's been up and down over the past couple of years, and mm. you know they don't want to cannibalize any other properties they have active. You know, like we just talked about uh, Marvel's Avengers and. You know, Sony's doing stuff with Spider-Man. It's like, how much different can this be from what is already out there, from the action-adventure 
uh, beat em up realm. Midnight Suns mm. does mix it up a little bit. Like that's why I'm looking forward to Midnight Suns because this is a different type of you know gameplay for Marvel games, which are usually press square or press X or press whatever over and over again until all the enemies die. So you know, Amy, she's very talented, you know, great story writer. And um, whatever property that she is given, I'm confident in. Yeah. I'm hoping that this Marvel game is a uh, press square or X until enemy passes out and not die because this is Marvel. You Maybe know? it's a city but, builder game. You never know. Well, the thing is, no, things have changed. Superheroes kill people now. So, yes, they will die. Okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I, I, just, I just want a Marvel game that is inspired by Uncharted. Like, that's kind of what I'm hoping for from this. So, Winter Soldier. <laughs> I mean, okay, yeah. I'll take that. <laughs> if I can have it implemented into an Uncharted type gameplay. I'll take that. Yeah. But there's others. Taskmaster. The rumors on the streets is that she's making a Fantastic Four game. So, we'll see. That is interesting. Hey, I'll be down for that too. Okay, so our next story, this is from Gamatsu. This is from Sal Romano. New Tales from the Borderlands launches October 21st for PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Uh, this is a interesting story, and this is one we normally wouldn't talk about, but it literally came out of nowhere, and this makes no sense to me in terms of what I knew about this game and its development. I know early on Gearbox was talking about, hey, we're doing more Tales of the Borderlands. Uh, there is no more Telltale, so Telltale's not making it. So this is now Gearbox in control of the franchise. In my head, we have to build everything from the ground up. We're not using old assets from that game. Uh, I'm like, okay, give it two, three years from when the announcement was made. And like, I think the announcement was made earlier in the year. So like, lo and behold, this was shadow leaked accidentally by Amazon. And then uh, shortly therefore announced afterwards because Amazon uh, leaked it. That, hey, we're making a new Tales of the Borderland. Here is a blurb that was taken from the Amazon uh, listing to tell you what this game is. So, uh, excuse me going into this, my public speaking isn't the best. Take a stand against ruthless corporate overlords and the narrative-driven adventure. Within the perpetually war-torn metropolis of Promethea, you'll control Anu, Octavio, and Fran on the worst day of their lives. Help these three lovable losers as they endeavor to change the world and maybe even save it. So it's clear from this blurb that this has nothing to do with anything that happened in the last Tales of the Borderlands game, nor does it have anything to do with anything that I know presently happened in the mainline Borderlands games. Uh, right. Key features were lifted, decide the fate of altruistic scientist Anu, her ambitious streetwise brother Octavio. So this immediately sounds like the main characters from Tales of the Borderlands, except let's change them. Uh, and the fierce Froger-slinging friend. With nothing left to lose and everything to gain, you'll claw and con your way through a thrilling five-part story. So it's clear they're still keeping with the telltale episodic storytelling. Uh, the Borderlands aren't just home to vault monsters, psychos, and weapon core CEOs. They're fully downtrodden, independent civilians just trying to get by. With a host of returning and fresh faces, this is an unforgettable tale. It's sure the light fans new and old. So yeah, uh, I like Tales of the Borderlands. It's one of my favorite telltale games. It's probably in my top three favorite telltale games. Between that, mm. Wolf Among Us, and I actually really like the Guardians, but I'd have to give it to like the first season of Walking Dead in terms of like the best three I I I just generally remember. That being said, I do not have confidence in this. In that, like Telltale games are notoriously just not optimized or well put together games. This seems to have a short turnaround. Yeah, and this, this came in a surprise. 
So I'm like, I'm not going into this like super excited. Isn't isn't Gearbox they're owned by Embracer, right? Yeah. yeah. They've been embraced. That's yeah. what they say, an embracer. We embrace people. Right. <laughs> That's what he says. It, from all this listing, it looks like it's still being published by 2K, which previously was, I think, the publishers yeah. for Gearbox, or at least it's the, the entire yeah, yeah, Gearbox they were, they were. 2K thing is weird because Gearbox was a completely independent organization that published their own games, yet they still worked very closely with 2K. So I assume that 2K owned them, but that's not true. They were okay. I'm learning a lot of new things right now. I, I definitely thought 2K owned Gearbox. Oh. Yeah, I thought that as well. Hence why the Embracer yeah. thing came out of nowhere. Yeah. Well, Jordan, what's your what's because you, you you like the uh, Tales of Borderlands too, right? Oh yeah, Tales of Borderlands. I'm a big big Borderlands stand for the most part. A big red flag for me is that they intend for this to come out also on the Switch, and I just wonder the quality of the game. Like going back to Avery's point, you know, there's a good amount of jank. I mean, there's charm in the jank when it comes to Telltale games, but at some points it's like you know it, it, it feels cheap. So. Maybe they hit the October 21st, you know, maybe they see in September that, oh, this might need some more cooking in the oven for a good old fashioned delay. But yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah. The last Borderlands game was yeah. pretty conclusive uh, in terms of a story thread. And even the Tales of the Borderlands felt, well, Tales of the Borderlands brought heavily from Borderlands too. So we'll see if uh, this new title will flesh out some of the uh, hanging points on Borderlands 3. I just found a quick story from VGC. Gearbox is developing a new Tales from the Borderlands game. This is from April 22nd, 2022 from Tom Ivan. This is when we knew they were making a new Tales from the Borderlands game. Mm-hmm. So essentially the turnaround for this game is like six months. When did the first one come out? Eons ago. I want to say some six, seven years ago. Okay. All right. All right. Good soundtrack. The soundtrack good? Yeah, soundtrack is great. Always great. 2014 to like eight years ago. Jesus. Okay. All right. I I think the 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 one thing that like you know can happen is a delay, and I feel like Mm -hmm. at this point games are being delayed left and right. So I don't think it's going to be that like oh my god I can't believe they delayed this game, especially when we heard about in April and they're releasing in October. I, I would hope that the game has been given enough time in development and no one's just leaked the game for some reason. I mean, I, I do give I Embracer know. a lot of shit. I just do because of how they're structured. Like they're basically run by venture capitalists. So like there's not yeah. too much interest in, in, in game quality, but you know, they did delay Saints Row. They're not afraid to delay a game. Like I don't, I don't think they're about pulling out crap yeah. all the time. So well, 60, 40 for this game being delayed. Uh, we haven't seen anything of this game. So it's, as far as I can tell, it's vaporware. That being said, if they're committing to October 21st, I'm pretty sure it's coming out October 21st because I, I have no confidence that like, without hearing anything of this game's development, that this isn't a shovelware piece of content, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's Embracer. Yeah. <laughs> it embraced. That's Embracer. <laughs> okay, so uh, our next story is from Kotaku. Uh, this is a big story that I had asked any of our listeners to actually go read the actual article itself and all the uh, ongoing reporting on this situation. It's part of the ongoing that video games, like pretty much every industry in the world, are a cruel and unfair place to minorities, people of color, and just generally the underrepresented in all situations. And that there is no good guy. 
everyone is guilty of abuse in this situation. So stories like these aren't surprises, but to be expected and to be learned from to be better. But the actual story itself right. is Nintendo of America's testers say they face years of sexual harassment. This is a reporting from Sissy Jane. Uh, I'm going to read the top excerpt of this uh, uh, article just to give you a general idea of what we're talking about. Two years ago, a contract game tester named Hannah, not her real name, had a harrowing experience that led her to quit her dream job at Nintendo of America after nearly a decade. Several employees had created a group chat on Nintendo's Microsoft Teams server called The Laughing Zone, air quotes. It was supposed to be a lighthearted place for co-workers to share memes with one another. Uh, that changed when a male translator was added to the group. Soon, he posted Reddit screenshots about why Vaporeon was the best Pokemon to have sex with. Hannah was disgusted by the explicit descriptions. When the conversation turned to Genshin Impact, the translator posted a gif of Paimon, a child character in the game. He posted about how it was okay to be sexually attracted to Paimon, despite the character's childlike appearance, voice, and personality. Hannah screenshotted the sexual comments and attempted to escalate the situation with Aerotech, the staffing company she was contracted under while working at the Redmond, Redmond Washington headquarters. Here's, here's a full quote. Nintendo was almost like a nightmare. It's sad because I love Nintendo. I grew up with Nintendo. I was excited to join Nintendo when I first got there, and I thought I was going somewhere, said Hannah. I had my supervisors telling me I was doing such a good job, but by reporting that incident, she had set off a chain of events that led her to quit her job testing Nintendo games. So the greater that article... Yeah, the great article is just a sort of treatise on more stories like what Hannah represented and generally the, how would I say this, the, uh, the awful company culture that Nintendo of America had specifically to allow situations like this to fester and not be dealt with. Uh, there's articles that Nintendo is uh, responding to this article. Unlike a lot of companies, however, they're not saying, oh, this is not happening. They're doing their own investigations. Uh, but that being said, this went on long enough for this woman to quit her job after 10 years. Exactly, yeah. Them doing their own investigation means nothing to us because they're gonna be like, oh, okay, well, we found the the one problem that was pointed out in this article and we, we fired that tester. Okay, cool. But like, okay, well, obviously there's more stuff happening here than just this one experience, seeing how this has been going on for years. Like, this is just appalling. Like. There's so much wrong with that excerpt. The the whole Vaporeon thing is a mess. Like, how does this tester or this this translator come to Nintendo and be like, hey guys, have you heard about the Pokemon Vaporeon? You wanna have sex with it? Like, I don't even know your name, Steve. Like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing with your life, guy? Like, and then the, the Pyamon thing is no. Yeah, it's this is more than just uh bad faith like man culture at nintendo another excerpt yeah. i'm going to read here uh hannah also told kotaku she struggled to assert her financial worth while testing nintendo's games after working at nintendo for nine years she found that a more junior male contractor in her testing department was making 19 dollars an hour while she was making 16. she asked aerotech what she could do to close the wage gap and fought for a pay increase for several weeks before she finally landed at 18. One woman said she stayed at the same base wage for six years until she got a higher offer elsewhere and threatened to leave. Another woman was offered double her current pay when at a different company. So it's more than just like a bad culture of sexual yeah. uh, harassment at the place. It's more that Nintendo of America is proven to be in not a good place for uh, essentially underprivileged folks. It's systemic. That's all like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a mess. But at the same time, like, we're not surprised by this because essentially if men work at a company, 
then X, Y, and Z is bound to happen. Like, you just can't really get away with it. It's just, yeah, it's a mess. Yeah, part of me believes this is another example on why unionization needs to occur sooner than later. Um, it's clear yeah. that unionization will allow for workers to collectively bargain and ensure not just wages are met, but safety measures. Like this is beyond OSHA, equitable training, making sure that there's clear and understood lines of communication between employees and HR when it comes to these type of grievances. Because yeah, Nintendo is hands off when it comes to their HR department here and people are being hurt. So, yeah. you know, yeah, we need, we need unions in this country because if we have unions then we can put an end to this right. toxic work yeah, environment like, that's been with us since like the sixties. I, yeah. I think that that union thing is a very important piece of this puzzle that is missing that could definitely help in situations like this. Cause I, I think a lot of, People, a lot of ignorant people, you know, kind of point to, oh, well, Nintendo's so big. So, like, you know, they're they're not going to catch everything. So, unfortunately, you're going to have things like this happen. But, like, yeah, things are like this going to happen. But it still is not okay. Like, this still needs to be solved. Like, that person should have definitely been reprimanded for talking about, like, Paimon. Like, the, like, like, what else is happening in this chat that this is like, oh, that's creepy. But like, no one's doing anything about that. Like, that is so, that's so fucked up. <laughs> like, it's crazy. It's so crazy. Yeah. Uh, so this story is probably going to be developing as more people do more reporting and getting to the root of the issue and what Nintendo finds with its own uh, internal investigations and whether there is the good faith of to be transparent in those internal investigations. So we, as an audience, understand how nintendo is going forward yeah but our final story before we uh head to a break this is from news.xbox.com tomorrow is in your hands death stranding is available august 23rd with pc game pass uh so there were rumors that based on the fact that the pc game pass uh account twitter account changed their background image from whatever the hell it was to an image of a beautiful rocky uh expanse that Death Stranding fans instantly recognize as this is Death Stranding. Uh, yeah, this is just Death Stranding. And so the rumors were, oh man, Death Stranding is coming to PC Game Pass. How is that possible? And <laughs> the answer is, it's complicated. That's how it's possible. Right. Certain people uh, escalated that to more weirder situations about what does it mean for uh, Kojima's relationship with PlayStation, what that means with Kojima's relationship with Xbox. I think this is more or less is just before you guys can put your words into it. I think it's more or less that this is a pre-Sony with any real presence on PC who gave Death Stranding, who was made by a third-party developer, they gave them the PC rights to that game to do what they wished because they had no plans to put it on PC. They made plans with 505 Games. 505 Games took the fucking bag when it came to getting money from Xbox to put this on PC Game Pass, and now it's on PC Game Pass. Uh, if anyone's questioning what the rights to Death Stranding mean, uh, well, they're not changed. PlayStation owns the rights to that IP. Uh, as far as I'm aware, those rights also translate to its console rights. So any uh, assertion that Death Stranding will end up on Xbox proper is a weird contractual pipe dream that people are smoking. But otherwise, this is a this ultimately is just a really big PR boon for Xbox. A PR boon that really has no real weight 
in regards to like I don't know the PC Game Pass numbers, so I can't tell you like how big of a chunk the Xbox audience are PC gamers and henceforth. But it's one of those things where like, yeah, great. This doesn't change anything. It's on PC Game Pass. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think this is Xbox is positioning this as best they can in terms of as a win because this is on essentially their service. So they're positioning that, but it is on PC and not the actual console itself. So people are just like, okay, that's cool. But like, yeah, I think as you were saying, Avery, like the reason why this happens because we are Sony at the time wasn't the same Sony that you know, that we have right now. So they weren't considered, they weren't thinking about PC and stuff. And yeah, but I mean, that's still cool for the people who haven't played it and who have Game Pass PC and wants, you know, to try the game and, you know, have fun. Jordan, are you going to, you going to try this out? Um, on my PC, maybe. I mean, like that's the type of game, but not. I would not play my PC to be honest. I would most likely okay. buy that on uh, PlayStation, uh, because I have a sixty-five inch television, and I I heard it was a theatrical experience. Yeah, and that's why I play yeah. God of War and Spider Man for those big theatrical experiences. Um, at least in terms of what it means for Xbox, you know, um, there's one individual who I follow most on that side when it comes to Game Pass. It's Sarah Bond. And how to curate mm-hmm. games and where they're put is very deliberate. Um, I wouldn't consider this that much of a flex, but I think genuinely they recognize Death Stranding as a great game. And in terms of how subscription systems are marketed, not necessarily um, by the branding and all, you know, all that, you know, fanboyism and all that. It's about the content that's on it. So there is a clear membrane between Game Pass console and Game Pass PC. I participate in both. That's why I got Game Pass Ultimate. There are some Game Pass games that I exclusively play on PC, like the Bethesda games, while there are some Game Pass games I play on Xbox too. In terms of the overall benefit as an individual, not too much, but it does add to the quality and value of Game Pass because we've held that game in pretty high regard in the past. And now more people are going to play it. And whatever game that Kojima does come out with their Xbox partnership, they're going to go back to this game as a you know baseline of quality. Mm. True. Oh, one thing I yeah. thought about in this conversation is PlayStation's early PC efforts were based on drawing up hype for their console games. Hey, we put God of War on PC. God of War Ragnarok is coming. Hey, we put Horizon on PC. Horizon Forbidden West is coming. Norman Reedus has leaked as a Death Stranding 2. And if my understanding on this complicated uh, organizational charts work is that PlayStation isn't going to give up any rights when it comes to Death Stranding 2. So if Death Stranding 2 shows up on PC, it's going to be published by PlayStation's PC brand because they consider that a first-party studio. They went and changed their fucking art to put uh, fucking Sam Porter Bridges in there instead of the Concrete Genie team. So it's really interesting how this goes forward because to Jordan's point about positioning the quality of Death Stranding as evidence to what Kojima's next game is, there is the caveat of we don't know what X game is and knowing Kojima, I don't think it's going to be anything like Death Stranding unless Xbox has come to him and said, hey, we want this type of X game. So there is going to be a disconnect with the next Kojima Productions game is versus Death Stranding. It's a, this is a weird and fascinating event in the streaming uh, wars in video games. I didn't expect this, but like when I saw it, I'm like, all right, this makes sense. And I moved on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. 
Um, have we have we talked this to death? To Death Stranding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, before we uh, talk about Muck, Muck Zuckerberg, Jesus Christ, before we talk about that meta guy, um, if you're watching us and you've been enjoying the video so far and you've been listening to our podcast and you've been loving the podcast so far, we ask that you do us a favor. If you are watching this, please hit that like button. Please hit that subscribe button and hit that notification bell. If you are listening to us, please pause, go to your podcast service, and leave us a great review. Just a great review. If you leave us a good review, we will find you and we will make you. No threats. Uh, yeah, no threats. <laughs> <laughs> uh, once you do those things, we would greatly appreciate it because your support keeps us going. So again, we thank you. And again, we won't do anything to you if you leave a good review, but you know, don't do that. Sean will find you. <laughs> All right. Uh, with that being said, Avery, tell us about this uh, Mark Zuckerberg stuff with uh, graphics. Yeah, this is a minor story in the greater context of what we normally talk about, but I just thought it was a funny thing. All right. The actual story itself is from Patricia Hernandez at Kotaku at Mark Zuckerberg response to graphics backlash. Promises Metaverse won't be depressing to look at. So Mark Zuckerberg released a photo of him in Meta's uh, Horizon, which I'm going to be honest. I spend a lot of attention to video games. I try to spend a lot of attention to what's going on in VR. I don't know shit about what Meta Horizons is or what that is supposed to be beyond, oh, this is just a metaverse. I don't know what the exact details of this metaverse are. Uh, my only uh, frame of reference when it comes to metaverses is me watching Sorgar online and then even further, me watching Dot Hack back in the day and then playing Dot Hack mm. and being like, this is, this is what I, I want. Just turn this into what I want. But, uh, he posted an image of what appears to be him in what I guess is a Horizon Metaverse, and it was a very, very bad low-poly model that's supposed to be him. If someone took a Wii avatar and just tried to make it look more like a human, but it still looked like a Wii avatar, and then they were playing that game on the Wii, that's in terms of the graphics that were being showcased in the background. I think it was yeah. supposed to be Paris, and it was like, Edge does, <laughs> does not look great. I'm just going <laughs> to... DJ is showing uh, footage of it, uh, which is, you know, I mean, in terms of a VR experience, this looks par for the course of what I remember of VR, but the specific image that he showed is just <laughs> bad. Horrifying. Torsos running around. Jesus. What I don't understand is that Facebook, I'm, I'm sorry, Meta has so much money. I know. You know, <laughs> I... This this does go to my I'm I'm overall like terrified of Gen Z and the content they're consuming right now. But we know how cheaply Roblox looked. I mean it's like you thought that the graphics were getting point. better going forward, but it's like these ones like this is ass cheeks. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather play I mean, Jack and Dash too. As long as it functions and they can do what they, you know, want to do, then it don't really matter how great the graphics look. But God, that what our minds are. That is just not a great showing for that. Like that the problem is no one wants to exist in that like world because they have Roblox, they have Minecraft, they have Fortnite. So it's like, that's not really, it's not bringing anything new to the table. Yeah. I have some more context on this. So, because like it looks bad, I'm shitting on it for looking bad, but that's within a certain context. The game started mm -hmm. this, whatever horizon world is supposed to be started development. And I want to say 2019. It's supposed okay. to be this infinite, expansive world. So I get it looks like that. 
and that's fine. It's the image itself I'm shitting on, of like, this is, this is the image you show to impress people about how this works. So part of the uh, story is that he then showed a new updated image with a more uh, detailed and rendered background with a more recognizably less creepy looking version of himself and promised that this is what they're aiming for when it comes to Meta Horizons, which I'm like, yeah. okay, fair. I'm just saying, you clearly released something in early access, call it early access, and I'll accept yeah. it look shitty because it's yeah. understandable. Like, I'm of the mindset that infinite money doesn't mean infinite quality. That's true. That's very true. So, like, three years of development on this, this makes sense to why it looks like this, especially what the quote-unquote scope is trying to go on and VR as a hardware, but that's a shitty image to put out, dude. Yeah, like... <sighs> For me, it pangs of you have people working on this that it's probably their first time in game development. And it's like, all right, well, are you building off of a new engine? Are you using Unreal 5? Like, are you using Unity? Yeah. Is it Unity? Yeah. Unity's doing great these days. Yeah, 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 you're right. Actually, yeah, Unity is. Yeah, like. It's bad a thousand. Yeah, like. I'm being facetious. Okay, so doing my. (laughs) Before we wrap this up, and me doing my final research on Horizon Worlds, this very much looks like it's them making dreams. Yes. But couching it as their VR metaverse for Facebook, where all of Facebook will eventually funnel into. I see that. I can totally see that. The users become the content creators, save money. Oh, God. Oh, no. It's... Uh... (laughs) I mean, that's that's Facebook. Making video games is hard. no, shout out to the uh, Horizon Worlds team for doing the best they can and then getting their CEO yeah. there, have everyone shit on their work. <laughs> yeah, no, you're definitely right. You're definitely right. Because I'm pretty sure they were like, hey, this is very early. Please don't share this. And Mark was like, did you say share this? I will definitely share this. So, I, yeah. Further context, this game came out uh, in 2021. Like to tailor in 2021. So it's out as a thing that people can experience. Yeah, yeah. My thing is yeah. that this is clearly something that should be in early access. So that's what you yeah. should cage it as. Instead of yeah. here's 1.1 of Horizon Worlds. Nah, this is point four. Oh, this is our man. final form. Yeah. Part, part of me is like imagining the white pager for this that was sent to like the shareholders and stuff. It's like we're gonna have advertising, we're gonna have proof of concept, all that. Like this. This was made for the upper echelons in terms of its existence right now. Uh, yeah. Because yeah. like, yeah. something like that were to fail to put that much money in it, then their stocks are affected. Yeah. So yeah. listeners, bookmark this episode of Press X and Start Podcast because in like, if in two years, you know, this podcast is completely changed and we're on meta doing it in VR, call us out. Let uh, us, let, you know. Yeah. I'll say that. <laughs> bookmark that. But this podcast is using Meta as a platform, I'm not on this podcast. I haven't had a Facebook in about three to four years. I'm fucking mm. being chilling. So, like, mm. there's no power in this verse that can get me to reopen that can of worms in my life. The intro plays and just says, what, product of Meta. <laughs> if Meta oh wants to God. buy us for a shit ton of money, I'll take that bag every time. Every, <laughs> every time. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't get me to give them any personal information outside of my <laughs> PayPal so they can pay me. 
Okay, so yeah, our, our next story is a two-part story, and it's relatively small in terms of everything else we've talked about, but I'll find a way to make this 10 minutes. Anyway, uh, <laughs> this is from The Verge. This is from Tom Warren. PlayStation PC launcher reference spotted in Spider-Man Remastered for PC. And then this goes in junction with a story from VGC from Andrew Marmo. Sony could introduce PSN account linking for PC games and rewards files suggest. So essentially with Spider-Man Remastered out in the wild, a bunch of shit has leaked about certain things that Sony wants to may or may not do. One of them being a PlayStation PC launcher, which is it's good and bad. And then it gets to another problem that uh, one of the big issues that people have heard tangentially with Spider-Man Remastered is a lot of people like who play it on like PS4, who want to play it on PC, are like, oh man, I don't want to replay the game again. I just want to enjoy the game with my save file, but there's absolutely no integration for save file transfers from PlayStation to uh, the Spider-Man Remastered because Spider-Man Remastered is being... Because PlayStation doesn't have that integration into their games outside yeah. of the ecosystem, and those games are being served through other launchers. So the idea being with these two stories is that a PC launcher, which is linked to your Sony PlayStation account, would be able to uh, bring that integration back, and you'd have that ability to transfer save files from uh from anywhere. back and forth back yeah. and yeah. forth this is great this is a quality of life improvement and if they if they want to truly commit to the playstation pathway for their applications which they clearly are doing then yeah i mean i'm currently doing it with xbox right now being able to uh start a game on pc and take it to my television and in some ways take it to my phone i mean it's like it's something you don't consider until you try it and I'm glad to yeah. see that PlayStation is investing in it. Like, you know, it, it, it helps out. It truly does. It's a cool experience. Yeah, it's like once you have that ability, you're like, oh, this is actually very useful. Yeah. Like I, I had a, a tinge of it, uh, I think, last year when we went down to South Carolina to visit one of Shereen's friends. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to I'm going to miss my Gundam dailies, whatever what I do. And that was like my first like real uh, experience with the PlayStation remote play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is actually really cool. And it like worked better than I thought it would just because I just didn't understand the technology at the time. And like after that, I ended up playing Genshin a couple times on my phone through remote play versus the actual game. I, I should have just I should have. Yeah, you should have just played the mobile game. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was a failing on my part for not just thinking it through and like really just making it the hardest way possible to play the game. But yeah, this, this is this is cool. Yeah, it's it's cool. Like as someone who is not a primary PC gamer and has no like allegiance with fucking uh different launchers, like this seems really cool. That being said, I yeah. know for a fact that if PlayStation creates a different launcher to sell their games, which is good for them as a business, we're gonna mm-hmm. see so much shit from every <laughs> PC fanboy in the world about oh, yeah. how they don't want to download a different launcher. And there is the argument. That what PlayStation would do is say, all right, cool, we have our own launcher. We're taking all our games off uh, Steam and Epic and every other platform because we want the full right. And if that happens, they will fucking riot. Yeah. 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 And then you'll have the same thing that happened to Epic where everyone was like, oh, the Steam is a lot better than this launcher. Like, Epic can't do X, Y, and Z. And this is terrible. This This sucks. And it's like, Sony, do you really want that problem? Like, do you? Do you? But, you know, money is money, though. Yeah, money is money. And ultimately, the same thing that's going to happen with Epic will happen with PlayStation in that 
10 games down the line, like, oh, when the next God of War is on there and all that, people are going to stop complaining because they just want to play that game. Or there'll be pirates that illegally download it. So that could happen as well. That's why people, oh, that's yeah. one of the problems with PC gaming. But uh, oh, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Also, the people who were crying about Epic, just fucking go cry into your fucking software tower. It's like a different <laughs> launcher. Like, as, as someone who has both Steam and Epic and a bunch of video game launchers, most of them are so benign. Steam is also a piece of shit. They have a lot of features, but it's like, it is a piece of shit. Yeah, it's yeah. the same thing that released back in 2012 in terms of its user interface. It's garbage. Mm. Just because you have 100 games on the launcher doesn't mean it's a good launcher. Mm-hmm. And our final story is another two-hit story. This is Both of them are for VGC. Uh, this is from Chris Gullion. Embracer Groups makes more acquisitions, including The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings IP. Now, before we go forward, yeah, they just got the video game rights to The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. No, they got the full rights to The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. That's no. not limited to games. It is everything but the books. Tolkien's coffin so... is under Embracer Group. Bro, full, that is full, so yeah, wild. Yeah. Yeah, the full list of acquisitions confirmed today are as follows. The Middle Earth Enterprises owns the IP rights to the Lord of the Rings trilogy and The Hobbit. Limited mm. run games, collector-focused video game publisher. So Jared Petty got bought by uh, uh, Embracer Group. That's a kind of funny joke for you people. Tuxedo Labs, Swedish studio specializing in tech-driven games. First title was Teardown. Tripwire Interactive, U.S. studio best Damn. known for Maneater, Killing Floor, and Rising Storm. Mm. Uh, Sing Tricks creates vocal processing effect technology for karaoke, gaming, and equipment. Tatsujin embraces first Japanese studio founded by Shoot'em Up Studio Topeland's co-founder. Bitwave Games, Swedish studio with a passion for retro games. Gaiotech, gaming accessory brand. And another company with a PC console gaming that, for commercial reasons, is not disclosed today. Yeah. Like. Hey, man. Consolidation. That's the theme of the 2020s right now. Consolidation. I, I, I've called out Embracer in the past, all right? I, I've yeah. said those fuckers are weird. I, weird. <laughs> my, how do I say this? Because I'm more, in the grand scheme of uh, conglomeration, I'm more concerned with a Tencent than I am with an Embracer. My only issue with Embracer is I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop and what are they doing with all this content? Yeah. We make the jokes about them making double-A games, but I think that's yeah. fine. A lot of the studios they bought and owned were double-A studios, so that's par for the course. Now they've gotten their hands on a lot of triple-A studios who will see what work content they put out now, and now they've got the Lord of the Rings rights. We'll see what they do with that afterwards. My only concern with your breakthrough is, what is your game plan? I do not understand what is your... Who in charge of your organization is dictating how everything works here, and what are you doing going forward? Yeah, they like feel they, like they feel like the DCEU right now. Just shit, putting out a whole bunch of stuff, but I can't tell you what their plan was. Yeah, no, they're they're run by venture capitalists. Venture capitalism is about push and move on. Like, like you get you build a house, you rent it out, and you move on. Yeah, and, they're, but like they're they're not the and, only um, venture capitalist firm in video gaming. Also, there's another big one there. I forgot, like Decker or something like that. But it's. Like Saudi Arabia also, it like pumped up their their group as well. But like, it is a thing of like, all right, you're buying all these companies, so that means that you have to pay all these people. But if you don't have 
product that's selling, it's no like way. you're gonna go in debt at some point. Like, are mm -mm. like, no, no. Maybe like, I don't understand how money works. <laughs> the, the, the way the way they function is they market the idea, they get the money for the idea, they put it out, and the amount of money they received on like the development of it is just yeah. above the return on investment, just above the required amount they oh. needed on the return. Uh, uh, Jordan, to your point, Decca Games is owned by uh, Embracer. Oh, great. Venture capitalists <laughs> only venture capitalists. Cool. <laughs> it's like a snake uh, eating itself. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, God damn it. All oh, right. man. Let's see how Borderlands 4 looks like. <laughs> and then the second part to that story is also from Tom Ivan from VGC. Embracer confirmed studio switch from AAA project following claims of Kotor trouble. So Embracer also clarified uh, based on the story ages ago about the Kotor remake and how that was going. That hey yeah we moved it to a new studio. Uh, so there's confirmation for that. So we learned in the background of all this other stuff. Yeah. Uh, God damn it. Woof woof woof. Yeah that. What happens. Yeah I mean. That's a good move on their part because, you know, once that news broke, it was very much so like, oh, this studio most likely wasn't cut out to make a game of this size and quality. So that's good. But, you know, is it a thing of, oh, crap, we don't want this game to be bad or, oh, crap, we don't want you to waste our money. So I don't know. But yeah, you know, good on them. Hopefully we actually see this game in about, what, three years, two years? Four years. Well, to Jordan's point, what will Embracer as an organization be in three to four years? Because if his understanding of it that they're only doing all of this for the building up a portfolio to pump and dump, will all these people be employed in four to five years when they sell this? And what happens to all those projects? Yeah, that's a good point. That's and good and point. the 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 rent the building the house renting and moving on analogy that's a real thing. Like these venture capitalists yeah. are also involved in real estate mainly trailer parks, and those are some dark-ass stories. Hmm. Oh, look at that. Connections. Very, very terrible dark connections, but connections nonetheless. Yeah, I guess, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see how this goes. It's very scary. Um, all right. Well, that has been pretty much it for our quick hits. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, you're, oh. There has been some breaking news. Because we recorded this on a uh, fucking Saturday night, so when we normal Sunday when I would have ignored this. This is really interesting. So uh, it was data mined. There was going to be a Fortnite X Destiny crossover. We all oh, thought okay. we're gonna put Destiny characters in Fortnite. No, they're putting Fortnite characters in Destiny. What? <laughs> so now you can dress your warlock, your guardian, your hunter, your warlock, and your what's the fucking last one called? Um, uh, um, uh, Hunter, Vanguard. Warlock, yeah, Van Vanguard. Titan, 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 as certain popular Fortnite skins, uh, the Black Knight, the Rift Rider, and uh, one more. So, the last video so of myself in, in, in Destiny was someone DJing as an emote, so they were on that track, they were on the way to that station. I'm gonna say straight up right now, I might turn on my copy of Destiny 2. Because <laughs> at least I'm not gonna lie, like yeah. the integration here looks fucking fantastic. <laughs> so, oh, also shout out to 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 Fortnite putting uh, Dragon Ball Z and everyone like loving the Kamehameha is like sweeping all of my timelines. But back to this, like 
Fortnite skins are going to be in Destiny 2. They're not skins. They're armor for your characters that, that look like Fortnite characters. So they have functionality within Destiny beyond just looking cool. Okay, normally this doesn't happen, but this is really hurting my brain. <laughs> <laughs> it's different. This is very, I mean, it's cool. Like, like, if there was ever a reason for me to download Destiny 2, this is definitely like four of them. Huh. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find the article. Go to the news section. I have Paul Tatsky's yeah. his theorizing breakdown, what he thought it was going to be. And then I found the actual image of what it's going to be. I also put it in the news section. Okay. Yeah, no, this this looks really dope. Yeah, okay. That's that's really cool. That means yeah. this is like here's the thing. Destiny has been around long enough that it can be a metaverse if it wants to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if they're making a collab for Fortnite bullshit now, what's stopping them from making a collab to have any other cool shit in there? And while yeah. I think while I think multiverse stuff is really stupid and doesn't really interest me. I like the aesthetic they've gone for, which is we're not just throwing random shit into Destiny, we're making random shit Destiny-like. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The first thing I thought of was that Steve got, whoever the generic white guy is, uh, Yeah, I thought Jonesy. Jonesy. Yeah, Jonesy. Okay, okay. I thought him as armor pieces in Destiny and that that honestly broke my brain because it's like it's it's like his head as a okay well yeah but that's awesome though that's that's really cool um before we jump into what we've been playing we have an ad from our sponsor it's us watch our youtube video it's killing right now hey there have you been enjoying this episode you have great well if you're listening to the podcast and do us a favor and leave us a review on the podcast platform you're using If you're watching this, then like the video, subscribe to our channel, and hit the bell so you won't miss out on any of our future videos. Check out pressx2start.com to find information about us, the podcast, links to all of our social media channels, and to join our Discord. Thanks so much. We appreciate your support. Now back to the podcast. And we are back. Now it is time for us to talk about the games we have been playing. Avery. Well, oh, I'm here. Y- yes, yes, you are. And we love you for it. <laughs> Last week, uh, you were talking about uh, Call of the Lamb, and you had said that you were close to beating that game. So give us an update. What happened? Literally What's going the on? hour after we wrapped recording last week's episode. I beat the game. I was that close oh. to the ending. Wow. All right, then. Yeah. Two, huh. uh, two points about earlier in the game. It is not a very long game in terms of exploring it. Uh, like, a dungeon run can go anywhere from, especially when it's difficult, from five to ten minutes. And you have to beat every dungeon four times. So just uh, going through the dungeons, like, the four times plus the boss is, like, less than an hour, probably 45 minutes at best. And there's, four, yeah. there's only four of them, and then there's a boss at the like a end boss at the very end. Uh, yeah, so I beat Cult of the Land. I enjoy the game. It's very much a four out of five game to me. It's really fun. If the idea of it being a uh, roguelite Hades 
esque Animal Crossing game appeals to you, definitely play that game. It's super fun for that in that regard. Uh, the difficulty curve in this game doesn't make any sense. Really? Like, in, in terms of it being a roguelite, it doesn't make any sense. Like, I fought the final boss three times, and I failed two times before I beat it. And when I tell mm. you that the final time I faced him, like, I guess whatever random shit they gave me just melted him. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah. it wasn't even yeah. like the difficulty changed. It was just like, oh, the random weapon I was given was just broken. So, like, I just did a shit ton of damage to him, and I just moved on. Mm, okay, okay. The final boss also prevents you from, the way it's structured, it prevents you from uh, dying coming back to life. So you oh, okay, so once you die, it's like, that's it. It's game over, you have to start over. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, okay. Um. So, uh, like I said last episode, I also uh, downloaded Code of the Lamb. I got it for the Nintendo Switch. Because I was kind of going back and forth between do I want to play this handheld or play it on my on my TV. I went handheld. I don't regret it. Um, I was playing the game, having a great time, and I ran into a bug. So uh, Avery had mentioned in the chat last week about, uh, what, what do you say, Cold of the Lamb? More like, more like Cold of, of the Game Breaking Bug. Oh, yeah, man. and I... Yeah, I laughed at that. I was like, ha, 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 okay. Hopefully that doesn't happen <laughs> to me. It happens to you. <laughs> so, um, I ran into a bug where I came back to my village. I was tending to my um, my people, my peeps, my servants. And um, I am unable to leave my village. I cannot go out and I can't go into the dungeons and do the dungeon thing. Up until this point, I was having a great time with the game. I really enjoyed this game. Um, in some of the, the impressions I was listening to, someone mentioned playing it on hard because that will give you a better um, challenger or experience or whatever. And I was like, all right, cool. I'll do that. So I'll put the game on hard. The combat is easy enough where I haven't really had too much of a difficulty other than them giving you stuff that you can't really do too much with. And then even for me, at that point, I've kind of just be like, all right, cool. This this run is just a wrap. That's fine. Like, there's no real loss to that because, as Avery mentioned before, when you die, it doesn't really do much other than you go back to your village and you go back into the dungeon and do the same thing over again because roguelike. Um, I really, really like the Animal Crossing um, aspect of the game. I think that is really cool. I think it's innovative because, as for me, a person who played hours and hours and hours and hours of animal crossing back in 2020 like it is so great to have your little homies your little peeps your little servants and it's like why are you pooping in the middle of the like what are you doing <laughs> uh so like, i i really do enjoy that and i like upgrading the village and like making it better and better i just i just hate the fact that my experience is Hopefully my, I can figure this out and I can continue my experience and actually beat this game because I really mm -hmm. don't necessarily want to start over. So that's kind of where I'm at with this game. I was having a good time. I am still having a good time in the village. I'm able to still interact with those villagers and do the stuff in there and, and kind of build myself up. But I just got to figure out how to get out of my stupid village. So I can go kill some things and bring things back to them and more villagers. So that's kind of where I'm at. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm not in a point of scoring the game yet because 
I, I need to play more of this. I haven't even beat the first boss yet, so that's where I'm at. Uh, Avery, did you did you score this? I'm not. Yeah, I, I gave it a four out of five. Okay, right. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right. Um, the other game I want to talk about before uh, Jordan talks about the games he's been playing is a little game called Rumbleverse. Have y'all have y'all heard about the Rumbleverse? Yes, I watch kind of funny, so I hear about it every day. Okay, <laughs> so for those who don't know, Rumbleverse is essentially Fortnite, but instead of guns, you have wrestling moves and wrestling. Whoa, maneuvers. whoa, whoa, whoa! You have guns. These guns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you nailed it. Good job. <laughs> yeah. So I eat crickets. Rumbleverse. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so like that's pretty much the main difference between Rumble because Rumbleverse is also a battle royale style game. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Cause I they they showed it a while ago and I was like, oh, I'll give this game a shot. Like it's free to play. Like, why not just jump in and play? I this is an issue on my part. I should have done the tutorial. Should have done the tutorial, but I didn't do it. And I was like, I'll figure this out while I'm playing the game. So I jumped in and much like Fortnite, you have that little starting area where you can kind of just do stuff. You can figure out the controls before you actually go into the area to actually fight and survive to win the I don't know. I don't know what you win at the end of this. Obviously, I didn't get that far. Um, so I jumped into the game, I played the game. I played one round. I was like, OK, this is interesting. I'll play a couple more to get a better sense of the game. The second round I started. I, I was uh, in the queue. I was waiting. 30 seconds passed. I was like, oh, this is taking a long time. A minute passed. I'm like, what the hell is happening? Is there anyone else playing this game? A minute 30 passed. I was waiting for a match for a whole minute and 30 seconds. I was like, what is going on with this game? Is no one playing this game? Check your ping, bro. And I don't, I, there was so much stuff on screen. I, I couldn't even tell you where my ping was to even check it. Okay. But like, I think. I think that second match took a minute 45 before I actually got into a lobby with people to play. Mm-hmm. Got into a lobby. I spawned on top, or I, I shot myself into the world. I land on this building. I was collecting stuff, and some guy came from out of nowhere, up from the sky, dropping down like fucking Superman, and just knocked me off the building and powerbombed me all the way down to the bottom. I was How tall is this building? Bro. I, I was falling for like <laughs> maybe like five in-game seconds. Needless to say, I completely died. I had to restart this whole minute and thirty process over. I was <sighs> and this this was solos. I saw it had like multiple people. It was solos, yeah, yeah. So like that broke my heart a little bit. I had a good time dying because I was just like, though, this is crazy. But at the same time, it's like the the fact that it took me so long to get into the match is so ridiculous. Like they they have an issue. I looked it up afterwards. They have an issue. They know that you know their wait times is is too mm-hmm. long. So that's going to be a thing that is fixed later on. Like you know further into the lifespan of this game. I don't know. I finally found that the gameplay. I don't know how long this is going to last. I, I think the, the gameplay is good. I am not in love with it. Like, I think there's weird, like, delays that are happening with the combos that you can do. Like, the, the developers talk about how, you know, they make fighting games, so they wanted this to have a more 
fighting game uh, tilt to it. And I think mm-hmm. I, I can definitely feel that and I can see that, but I think just because you have a fighting game tilt to it, that doesn't mean that, you know, you can't improve on that. And I think there needs to be a bit more tweaking because like you do a combo and then you kind of stop after the combo. And normally that delay is fine, but the delay feels a little too long. So, you know, if you're fighting someone, they kind of bait out the combo and then they can pretty much do whatever they want in that like play period. So it doesn't necessarily feel too good. Like there's a dodge and there's like a counter and stuff. But yeah. So I'm I haven't deleted off my console, but I I don't I don't I'm probably gonna wait like a couple of months and try this game again. I, I literally stopped playing this and went to multiverse. Yeah, it could this this game could literally go one of two ways in terms of its popularity. It could go the uh, Knockout City, where Knockout City is a sustainable game. It has its audience. It's uh, chugging around. It's not super popular, but it, it's popular enough to yeah. sustain itself. Or it could go Rocket yeah. Arena way, where Rocket Arena was an EA original that had a big splash, people talking about it, and then died just like that. I forgot about Rocket Arena. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. Um. So yeah, that's that's pretty much uh, what I've been playing new this uh, this week. All right, Jordan, what have you been playing? Because boy, is this a list? Nah, I'll be quick because we already talked about it in the past long, long ago. And please don't drag me too much. But this is my first time playing God of War because I just never got around <laughs> to it. I mean, like when I got the PS. What you mean you ain't never played God of War? <laughs> listen, listen. When I got the PS4, I mainly played. I mainly got it for Battlefield because all my friends moved over to PS4 for Battlefield. Okay. Yeah. And then when I moved into my house, like back in 2019, I was gonna play it. I was gonna play it then, but I was like, you know what? I want to do this right. I want to make sure that my, you know, I had a nice sound system for it, and I do. And yeah, I am truly enjoying this game. Like I, I, I get it. In no way did I ever dispute the quality of God of War. I trust. I trust, I trust Avery, I trust Dodge. I, I've heard all your takeaways. I know it was a great game, but I also have my own opinions on it, too. And they're not too dissimilar from yours. I mean, it's great. It's challenging. It's, it can be frustrating at times. And, you know, like the Christopher Judge, Amazing Performance, Atreus, all that, blah, blah. It's a great game. I'm playing it in service of God of War Ragnarok when that comes out. So I'll be prepared for it. I was going to skip this game and go right into God of War Ragnarok. I was warned against that. Um, and yeah, no, like with the sound system, it's amazing, you know, like thundering. I'm very surprised my neighbors have not called me up to tell me to turn my shit down. Uh, you know, <laughs> hearing a bunch of boy and fucking trees <laughs> blowing up and all that shit. But uh, yeah, that's oh, great <laughs> They're like, is he into some racist shit over there? What is happening? I know, right? Boy, Who's calling right? <laughs> Christopher Judge is calling me boy. Um, but yeah, so God of War. And I'll have that done by the time God of War Ragnarok comes around, and then I'll play that with y'all yeah. in conjunction. Um, hey, so you know what's funny about that? Mm-hmm. Right, before you jump into the next game, I I actually had the urge to replay God of War before mm-hmm. God of War Ragnarok comes out, too. But I, I was planning on doing it, I think, because it comes out in November. I was, I was going to do it either late September or early October. Mm-hmm. Like, just so it's a little closer to God of War Ragnarok, so I, like, I have it fresh in my head. Yeah. I would not do that because I have a sneaking suspicion oh. that God of War Ragnarok is going to be just like God of War. So instead of preparing oh. yourself, you're going to burn yourself out of God of War Ragnarok 
super early, especially in that game. Like, this isn't like me replaying The Last of Us. We're like, it's a 10-hour game. I played it like four times at this point. It's a six-hour game now. Yeah. This is this God of War. <laughs> it's like a 20, 40-hour game. Yeah. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. I, I, I will say the beginning of it was kind of, I was like trying to get into it and understand the movements and stuff, especially compared yeah. to the previous God of War games. But a game that I absolutely loved, um, I think it's my third time playing. I am playing Spider-Man Remaster. Um, there's only showcase. We'll probably talk about that in, in a future episode. Um, Spider-Man Two is still set for next year, but we will see. Spider-Man Remastered. Yeah, no, this game is just chef's kiss, man. You know, I, I love Insomniac. I love what they do. Um, I had, like, you know, my girlfriend. She watched me play it. She's like, just like watching a movie. Like, goddamn right, it's like watching a fucking movie. Watch this. Watch me kill these dudes because they're not. They're not. Done. They're not. They're not, they're not surviving that fall, my guy. I launched them down. Um, but um, yeah, no. I like. Uh, I think this is my third time playing it, and um, you know, just just how they were just able to nail the the melee combat, the fluidity of it, and how they were to encapsulate the Spider-Man feel. Um, I saw, and also. Spider-Man uh, Remaster came out on PC, which was a big thing this week. Saw the comparison videos I playing on the PS5. Um, not too different, you know, like, there's, there's some improvements in the reflections, but you have to, like, when it comes to that fucking bullshit of comparing, like, it does a disservice to the game itself. I'm not going to stand yeah. on a skyscraper, look at it, and say, oh, I can now see more of the skyscraper behind me. Like, no, that's, that's not why I'm playing Spider-Man. I'm playing Spider-Man yeah, for other yeah. things. So, like, all those comparisons, Digital Foundry, I know they do good work, but I'm not here for it. In all forms, PS4, PS5, PC, Spider-Man is an excellent game. Um, but this also will be the first time I'm playing um, Miles Morales. I, I got the Miles Morales Ultimate Edition, which game we right, remastered okay. okay. together, and Sony was having a sale, too. I plan to get, remember, my account was hacked, and someone bought Miles Morales using my account? Oh, yeah. Way back when? Yeah. I was like, fuck that? No, sir. Oh, man. <laughs> no, I will buy this game on my own terms. But Sony oh, was very man. good at giving my money back. So good job, Sony. Um, and also I'm playing Yakuza Kiwame 2. Um, very goofy. This is the end of the trilogy portion of Kiru. This is Kiru Saga, which is Zero, Kiwame, Kiwame 2. Even though Zero came out after Kiwame 2, it's all over the fucking place. Stupid as hell, fun as hell. Uh, this game pretty much wraps up all of the dumbass narratives of everyone who died, everyone that betrayed you, all your stuff. And um, now like, I was having a discussion uh, in the chat, like some, someone asked us a comment about, you know, where this fits. Uh, Kwame 2 is the best one I played so far. Uh, mm, but that yeah. being said, I have five more to fucking go. And then I have Judgment, <laughs> which is two other spinoff games. So it'll be a cool two years. Before I can answer that question. Um, yeah, you know, and I, I know Sean is also playing a game, so I'm interested to see if he gets... It's either you like it or you don't. Like, this is not a game mm-hmm. for everyone, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am happy to see a lot more people are experiencing it. Um, and, yeah, I decided to work out more so I can be more like you, Kidu-san. I'm trying to be <laughs> there like you go. <laughs> oh, yeah. You got your goals um, right there. And, and yeah, and, and one, one thing I'll also say, which what, what I am noticing theme-wise in terms of how Yakuza games are structured, they give you all your abilities in the first five hours, and then you're just doing the same thing for the next 12. 
That's what Yakuza is. Oh, like, like, okay. like you're, okay. you're super strong, yeah. and you're beating up everyone. Like there's no mm-hmm. weighted against you when it comes to bosses or cheap enemies. You're just tearing like a fucking hot knife through butter. You know, the game is like it's a power trip. The game is a literal power trip. Um, okay. But finally, I am playing um, a, probably one of my best games of the year. I'm just fine not to say that. <laughs> but it is a good fucking game, Uh-oh. though. Power Watch Simulator. I get it. There's this weird tinge of the video game community that's a lot of simulators. I get it. It's, <laughs> it's, it is, they, you're able to gamify a pretty monotonous thing. But at the same time, make it engaging and both therapeutic. Like basically a power wash simulator, you're just going around power washing things. Playgrounds, you're power washing them like cars and weird like boats and stuff. And what I like to do is put music on in the background and I'm doing this for, you know, two to three hours. Well, no, I don't know, two to three hours. I'm doing <laughs> Maybe an hour and a half. I'll just, you know, just go around and clean. You can play with multiple people. Um, there's no couch co-op though. Unfortunately, you tell me you could power wash together in this game. You can power wash with other people. I had someone jump in my game and start power washing with me. It was very odd, but uninvited. Then, like they just. Yeah, I think I, my, okay. my my session was open. Someone who was on my friends list decided to join me. I'm oh, okay, 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 okay. Um, but yeah, power wash simulator. You know, and I'm now curious about other simulators. I might try farm simulator, train simulator. I am interested in this simulation thing. At first, I did the same way I chastised Yakuza. It wasn't until I tried it. I was like, oh, now I get it. Mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. I get it. So we'll see if I come back with another simulator game next time y'all see me, but we'll see. But number one power simulator. <laughs> Farming simulator. Let's go. Yeah, we'll see. But yeah, that's, 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 really, that's really cool. Like, I, the thing is, Power Watch Simulator looks like a game that I could put on while I'm working. Because you don't necessarily have to oh, look. Yeah. It is good background noise. And then every once in a while, you're like, oh, you're washing a car. Oh, you're washing the street. Uh, you know, that's cool. I tell but, you, yeah, like, I, you know. I, have, I have pretty acute OCD. And this game is therapy. Like, it, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. It, oof, this, 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 is, this has helped me handle a lot of things. <laughs> so, works. yeah, it's great. Yeah, if you can find value in that game like that, then, yeah, that's definitely a win. For sure. Okay. Um, all right. I think... I think we have covered all the games we have been playing and all the news there is for this week. Now, with that being said, this has been another episode of Press X to Start Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed making it. Don't forget, again, do not forget to like this video, to hit that subscribe button, and then hit that notification bell. If you are listening to us, please make sure you pause the podcast Go to your podcast service and leave us a cool review. Leave us a great, cool review. Again, if you leave us a good review, Sean will find you. Okay? Sean will find you. He finds everything for us. There is a gnat on the side of my water bottle. Very disrespectful. Um, Yeah, you can find all details and more on our website at pressx2start.com. Until next time, we'll be talking about Gamescom stuff. Yeah. You're going to get a whole lot of Gamescom stuff, so get ready for that. Uh, Well, until then, you take care, you be safe, you have fun, you play games, and you wash both hands. And the bottom of your feet, you disgusting son of a...